Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Rock Wars. The wake-up song and the you bastard sight of the day. Want to know more? Visit Holmberg's Morning Sickness online at 98kupd.com. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It's 545. This is the Morning Sickness. My name is John Holmberg. There's Brady Bogan, Brett Fesley, Big Dick Toledo. Here we go. Uh, in Sun's country. The city's gone crazy again. I kind of like it, and I also kind of feel like I'm, I'm, look, I'm in on it with you. I'm one of the bandwagony. <laughs> I've hated this team for 10 years. I've been a Robert Sarver. I've had my bow and arrow aimed directly at his head for quite a while. All the slings and arrows I could throw at that guy, I've thrown it. But you got to hand it to him, man. They've put something together here, uh, and he's stayed out of it for the first time in 10 years. He's backed away. He's let James Jones, the general manager, do what he does, and they've made a lot of right moves. I was the first one to say Chris Paul. Nah, they're a sixth seed. This team is exciting. What they did yesterday was exactly what they had to do against the Lakers, which is not panic and play uh, first time in the playoffs ball. They look great. I don't know if you guys watched it. I, I did. I, I went back and forth. Lakers look slow and old and disinterested because the Suns look so active. And, uh, you know, not to sound like one of those Homer people because it will. The referees were giving the Lakers every break they could get. 17 free throws in the first half to zero. I mean, the Lakers were getting to the line. All the fouls were going against the Suns. And uh, they still had an eight or nine point lead at the half. It was an unbelievable game. It's because King James can do no wrong. Well, in the King NBA James, eyes. did you saw yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah. King James and 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 Drake, who is a huge uh, uh, Raptor er, Laker fan. Remember when he was the Raptors yep. like savior? They were going to name yeah, some they, of the team they, stuff after him. And so then he he's at the, the games. He's at the game with the Lakers and Warriors the other night, which I watched. And Lakers looked disinterested in that for a half too, but then turned it on. Um, he and King James broke. I mean, there were there's like seven major protocols to the NBA as a player, what you can and can't do right now with COVID and playoff stuff. And the, They have videotape of him breaking every one of the rules. Vaccinated. Every one of them. And, and he's, it doesn't matter. They still can't do it because then everybody could. And uh, they're like, well, I mean, we're not going to suspend. We're, I mean, we are in the rules it says if you break any of these things, you're suspended for a game at least. He broke all of them. But... Mm. It's the playoffs. It's on network TV. We're going to go ahead and let them have that. And Charles Barkley. Oh, that was great. That was awesome. Loved the it. NBA doesn't have the balls to suspend LeBron James. That's the only reason. They just don't have the balls. And he's right. They don't. They don't have the guts. So he's running the league. And we've known that for a while. My favorite thing that happened in the game yesterday, and this is because I think, and I hope you're listening, LeBron James is a bitch. <laughs> Phoniest player in the NBA. 
Mr. You know, social relevance nonsense, but he's still got his dealings with China. He's all about uh, everybody's... He's uh, got business. Oh, but his business uh, totally contradicts his human rights efforts, which I admire if he meant it. But when you're dealing with China and you're screaming about, you know, the way people get treated, I'm not listening to you anymore. I still do tons of business with China, but I'm really pissed off at the way uh, Americans are treated. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. If you it's about the it, demand on shoes. It's human rights or American human rights. I don't know. Yeah. And then, the, you know, he wants the league and he gets, he's got a lot of stuff like that. So that aside, I don't know if you guys caught it. Uh, when uh, LeBron, uh, I guess it was the third quarter, he got hurt. For a minute, he fell and he hurt his arm. Now he does this. The only thing LeBron doesn't have, and I'm going to stir this up with Laker fans. I know you're out there, and I know you're going to be mad. The only thing LeBron doesn't have is uh, a Willis Reed moment. He doesn't have that classic NBA moment where he's broken and limps back out onto the floor and saves the day. Now people don't remember Willis Reed in the '60s, early '70s. He was with New York Knicks, and he broke his leg and then came limping back onto the court. And the crowd went nuts. The Knicks came back and won the game. But what people don't remember is, I think it, I think he played for like six minutes and had zero like impact outside of just being out there. There was no like Willis Reed game winning shot on the on the bum foot. So uh, yesterday, and he does this every goddamn important televised game. He goes down in a, in a lump. Now Chris Paul got hurt earlier, and clearly something was wrong with him the whole game. But he played. It was very Willis Reedy when he came out. I think LeBron's like, damn it, he's getting a Willis Reed moment. I want one. So he falls and, and grabs his arm, and he's down on the ground. And I think he just got scratched. I think that's what kind of pussy LeBron might Could be. happen. So I think he gets scratched. So he's writhing around in agony on the ground. Well, while he's writhing, the cameras have to leave him because a fight breaks out between campaign and a couple of the Lakers. So uh, he, he gets in this. Caruso attacks campaign, and then Harrell, who's a monster— comes and kind of tackles him, and they've got a fight going on. So the cameras swing away from LeBron in a hump over to this. And if you notice, LeBron gets up, wanders over to where the fight is, and starts just working his arm like, oh, it's bad. So he walked to where he knew, like, oh, the cameras, the cameras are over, are over there. here right now. And he kind of rolled over, you know, he got up and, and wandered over, and then, and then he just started writhing in agony over there. And I'm like, you are such a whore. A miserable whore. A phoniest player in the NBA. Hey, people want to show, John. It's LeBron. They were getting it, but Caruso, uh, Harrell, and they Campaign were fighting. They want downs. They want fights. They, they want injuries. They had it. Brady, they had it. He didn't need to wander his ass over to it. The, the show was going on without him. That's why he wandered over. The show was going on without him. And it wasn't like to go break up the fight. The fight was already all taken care of. He wandered over to where the, oh, this is where everybody's looking. Look at me. LeBron, I'm, I'm dinged. And it's, I think he wanted that. He didn't get the credit for it. it nothing, right. nothing over here. My Zero. arm. Exactly. I mean, I, th- I think King James might be hurt. Oh, they're not looking. I'll, I'll get hurt over here. It was so calculated, and you got to give him credit for that as a businessman. He's a calculated machine. That was so phony. It was just so phony. And he's the phoniest person. As it puts that image out of being such a good guy. I've sat behind the, the visitors bench, and I've never heard someone scream the n word more in my life than him. I mean, it was nuts, and it was like right in front of people, but. It was the whole Cavs team when I sat at that game was like the language was unbelievable. You're picking so, on LeBron Lambeer pretty bad yeah, over well, here. Man, you know what, what a flop! Without the fights, oh, exactly. That was a that was a flop. He, I'm not saying he didn't go down, it, no, but that was a flop. Yeah, at best. I totally. And then and his flop was the worst injury in basketball. Oh, yeah. The Pistons I, were embarrassed. They're like, that, come on. Look, I I think that that's the Lakers' next move. 
they're they're huge. That team, when you look at everybody out there, like Jesus, they're every one of them monster. But they're the Suns are like nets. So I think the only option the Lakers have against this incredibly active team that's not afraid of them. That's the one thing the Suns didn't do. They weren't afraid of the Lakers at all. They they showed no fear to this. You know, it's the Yankees. It's the pinstripes. Yeah. You're like looking at this LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two Hall of Famers. You got Harrell and Drummond. These guys are monsters. Even Caruso's a big guard. And they're big. And when it started to look like we can't keep up with this Suns team, we just, they're too quick. They started playing Pistons basketball. Yep. They started getting real rough. And I'm like, oh, if the Suns fall for this, this is a good move. Their coach was smart. Say, so bang into them. I mean, knock these guys around. They're, they're all rails. And you saw Crowder and to his credit, Aiton, who's very soft for a big man, started to bat. They started to bash back. They showed no fear. It was a fun thing to watch. But I, I, the only thing, Monty Williams, such a good coach that he had him prepared. I'm worried. I'm worried that the Lakers are going to play thug ball, and they should. Right? Yeah. Because and well, I mean, the only thing I noticed is they won, and they but they shot really well. I mean, Who, like the there was Suns? In the Suns. Yeah, they're around 50%, the which yeah, is good. 51's good. This team can fi- shoot, though, Brady. This is a 52, 53% shooting team on average. 51 was right around where they normally are. Okay. They didn't I overshoot. Been following that. They I didn't that's, play that's a great good game. Shooting. They played a good game. And that's where I have Oh, being over 50% is pretty normal. Uh you know, you start getting in the high 50s, high. Yeah, look at LeBron here, writhing in agony, but then campaign and Caruso start going at it, and everybody leaves LeBron alone. And look, I got to get up and go over where them cameras are. And there was nobody's paying attention to him. You're Except looking the one, at the shot right here. <laughs> the one trainer. Where, where did he get hurt? Chris Paul broke him? Yeah, where that, did that's what I was happen? saying. Because he's grabbing it before. Oh, it's just. He was like grabbing it midair. Yeah. <laughs> and he oh, won- Jason yeah, Kidd. Jason came Kidd's out. A, he's an assistant yeah. with the Lakers. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous, and Chris Paul's was weird, but I think he got a weird stinger that just kind of zapped him and stuck. I think they might have numbed him a little too much because he looked yeah. like dead on one. He looked like he had polio for a little while. But yeah, LeBron's such a phony. But I think the Lakers are going to come back and play thug ball and do a little Pistons '90s ball, which is the smart thing to do. And the Suns have to avoid getting into that and just keep playing their game, which they did yesterday. Got to give them credit. That was fun, and it's fun for people like me, Brett. If you were here in the 80s when that team started to become the Suns, I guess the 70s didn't have the buzz because there was nothing going on here. And they still had, you know, they went to the uh, finals in, the, in 76. Still had one of the greatest games ever. The triple overtime shot heard around the world. But uh, that, that was weird. That was just this transition of Phoenix becoming a major city. The Suns were kind of with us. Like, yeah. We were cow town. This was a cow town until about 86, 87 when – Every report said there isn't a person in the country not moving to Phoenix. Like in 88, it just this explosion of humans. And Brett and I both grew up in the East Valley, and you just saw housing. Brett and I grew up in the East Valley when it pretty much ended at Country Club. Yep. The, the 60 was that done. Was, the 60 was, that was pretty much it. And you yeah. get on the 60 and go out to power, but there was no reason to do it unless yeah. you go to the river. And then, I mean, that was a 10-year run where it just all went all the way to where the hell it is now, Gold Canyon. So that that started then, and when the Suns got good, this city was all about like, all right, we'll embrace this. They're kind of new, we're kind of new, and it was nuts. And this and there's no I came better out time. Ninety one, and oh, um, it was insane then. Yeah. It was if you were in peak. the radio biz, you had to have a had to have tickets, you had to have a suite or any business. Yeah, my dad's and they were tough to get. They were impossible. My dad's company had to have them, like in order to lure subs in. You had to be, you know, where are you in the sun? And they were like, we have to be front row because some of these other guys that don't have it. So we had baseline 
seats to the Suns game at the old Madhouse, I got to use here and there, and it was unbelievable. That and that was, I will say that the atmosphere at that arena, as dumpy and awful as that place was, twelve thousand people, uh, or nineteen thousand, I'm sorry, nineteen thousand people max in that place, and uh, it. I think it was 19. It was not a very big place, and it was just loud. I've never. I, I, I 91 was in the America so West the Arena. Yeah. There. So I wonder what the we last just year at the out. Yeah, it must 92, have been the f- I think, was the first full year there. And there was 92. Yeah. yeah. So 92, 93. Makes- yeah. Because 90, I think they finished up in 90, 91 was the last year at the old place. And they went to the conference finals two years in a row and got beat by the Lakers. And they were, it was, it was epic. And the city just kind of got on it. And then once Colangelo got out, 2000, was it seven, eight, nine, something like that? I don't remember. Then the last time they were gone. good, yeah. They, and then Sarver just destroyed him. I mean, just absolutely got his hands in. I, uh, I got to give him credit because I've been bashing him for so long. He stayed out of this, or if he's been involved, it's been minimal. And uh, I think he got humbled with that whole "get me a new arena" thing. Remember that when the sun that was like four years ago, and he started going, "Well, we need a new arena or else," and the whole city's like, "Take him." <laughs> like not a soul was on his side, and he did that video from his house saying, "I'm not moving the team. Don't you dare make idle After. threats. Don't you dare." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a a make good. Sorry, oh, video. he he. Yeah, and he. I think he realized at that moment. Oh God, the whole city hates me. I don't think he felt that way, but that was because <clears throat> he wrecked the Suns. The, the legacy that that Colangelo had building him up. Yep, just to nothing. Well, to the laughing stock. Once really. Steve Nash left. And the Colangelo era ended, and it was on his watch. It was bad. And you look around the league, and it's littered with former Suns players. Well, like we, Goran you know, Dragic they did and, it throughout too. Even when Brian, um, oh Brian you know, was a Jerry, trade machine. Whatever, we went through some players. We went through players, but we always got better in return for the most part. What the, they never won a championship because it was always second or third right. best team in the West. It was hard to keep up, especially in a market this size at the time. They couldn't do it. But they were making moves. It seemed like okay, they're they're trying to put together a team. Every time Sarver made a like move, yeah. it was dumb. Every time Colangelo did it, you'd be like, "This might be good." Sarver, you know, or it seemed like fire sale on some of it. Like, I believe he was part of the Shaquille O'Neal thing too. He may or may yeah, not. That was yeah. just that was when you're like, "What in the world is going on?" Like they're just they're empty of. A, they, Let's sell some tickets, selling some jerseys. Yeah, new coach every year. Yeah. Well, they were a team that everybody said you don't play defense. So you put Shaq on this team that's running 114 points a game and can't, and they're like, now you put old Shaq standing, the Shaqtus, which is exactly what he was, stuck in the ground. I still block shots. Yeah, well, you have to stay in one spot the whole time. <laughs> but it was fun. Yesterday was that kind of moment where you're like, I remember this. You just hope that this is this is my hope for the whole thing. You've got you've now made it a destination again. Free agents love this place. And for 10 years, we were a joke. Draymond Green a couple years ago was like, you got to get Devin Booker out of that hell that he's in. That's a nightmare to play in Phoenix. Nobody wants to go there. And Charles was like, man, I remember him on that show just going, it, that used to be the place everybody wanted to go. And now it's a ruin. And he knew it. It was true. And now it's kind of fun to have all that back. I just hope that Sarver has stayed out of it to the point where next year he doesn't get involved and you know screw it up. Colangelo gets a lot of credit for being – a mastermind of a team that we all think of as great. They never won anything. They were always one step shy. Yep. So if you can get an owner who understands keep your hands off of it and put the people in the places that they need to be, and evidently he's got the right people because Williams, is a that's a hell of a coach. That was fun. And I just enjoyed the heck out of that. That was like all day, just got a buzz off of that because it was like it brought back 
the life of the city. I don't think I don't even think the Cardinals can do that to the city because the, they were so terrible for so long. But I'm on the bandwagon. I'm jumping in as a former super. I mean, I used to be a nut job for the. I used to be canceled plans. I they did pay per view for some reason in the early '90s before anybody knew what that was, and I'd buy the games. I didn't have any money. And it was like twenty five bucks to see the Sonics and Suns play, or Utah and the like. Blackouts. They'd black it out, and you'd have to pay fifteen to twenty dollars depending on the game. And I was doing it, and I would watch. And then something happened somewhere along. Well, I know exactly what happened. I got to meet the team. <laughs> I got to cover them. Uh, you know, and that's what that was the idea for my podcast. Not wasn't a podcast then, but a series that I wanted to do called "All Your Heroes Are Assholes" because I met them. I'm like, I love these guys. And then you're in the locker room with them. You're like, I don't ever want to deal with – don't ever take that fourth wall down. Don't introduce your kids to their their favorite celebrity. Not in the locker room, uh, for sure. Ever. Any good ones? <laughs> yeah, there were a few. Did I you mean, call a few out good or? ones. Uh, well, I didn't call out the bad ones. Too. Yeah, I mean, well. Sam Cassell was the most horrible human being on the planet. Uh, he hated his whole team, and they traded him because of it. Um, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, Kevin Johnson was friendly for his name. Oh, okay. But again, I was part of the media, so I right. saw a different side of them. They hated us, and I wasn't asking questions. And, they, and that was the problem is a lot of those media guys went in there thinking they're going to be best friends with like the Gambadoros of the world yeah. that are going in there going, not only am I a peer, we're going to be best pals. So his goal was to be friends with you. And I think a few other guys got that same vibe, and they were, they were very quick and rightfully so to tell you, we're not friends. Right. Like, are you done? Like, they'd, root, they'd dismiss you like you were nothing, and it felt like you were – and I was a peon. I was nothing. I was a minimum wage guy going in, getting sound for the game, and I'd stand there and like, do you ever ask a question? I'm like, no, I'm just supposed to get sound. All right, then I'm done with you. Okay. And then you'd slink off <laughs> and do your thing. And Actually, the guys, you know, surprisingly, the people who were nicest that I ever dealt with that stood out were the Utah Jazz. Okay. Carl Malone, Greg Ostertag, Stockton, that team and everybody surrounding it was as friendly. They would thank you like you as a media person. If you did talk to them for a little bit, they'd be like, thank you very much. I'm like, oh, my God. That's, you should go over to the Suns locker room and teach them some etiquette. Those guys are dicks. <laughs> yeah, not having any contact as, as a stranger going in, that's, it was, that's how you can tell a little bit of a team. But there, was a, there was an attitude in Charles the was uh, I never got a media Charles. sweetheart, yeah. and so they never really – um, went after him, even when he was like, well, who's, who's the blonde you're flying he, with yeah. in the playoffs? <laughs> he could do no wrong. <laughs> they wouldn't. <laughs> he could do no wrong. And they just laughed when he was like, I'm going to have sex with this girl here in the locker room that's not my wife. Is that all right by everybody? It's like, oh, that Charles. Go ahead, Dinger. Give her a good shot for me. <laughs> yeah. And then, but they just fawned over him. When I was in Kevin there, Johnson was, like you said, he was the guy that was the uh, ambassador, really, of the squad. Talk about a guy who walked away unscathed. I mean, yeah. the stuff he was doing. That turned out to be somewhat true. Oh, really? Well, with the underage girls and the showering and the... Oh, I don't know if I remember uh, that. His Hope oh. 7 Foundation caught quite a lot of heat because he was taking in a lot of young girls to his house and things like that. He, Charles he was, Barkley he said was it. was fostering, way. too, it, like well, some kind of a... Is that what that's called? A mentoring. Yeah, he had a mentoring Because there's a couple for, of uh, 
trouble. Yeah, I see. It was interesting. That's yeah. what Woody well, Allen did too. They did exactly. He mentored <laughs> a lot of kids. But there was, you know, whether he did what he did or not, there's a lot of accusations. If it was today, Kevin Johnson would be in big trouble. Like big trouble. Back then it was kinda like he said, she said, and we left the denials on the table. But yeah, Suns basketball's been interesting. But yeah, I've kinda I've been interested passively for the last few years, but I've I've hated Thunder him. Dan was always kind of solid. He's always been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I wasn't there when he was there. He wasn't in the locker room when I was there. I was there with oh, a lot that's of, right. I was okay. there with a lot of like transitional the Jason Kidd, uh Kevin Johnson days when they were on the same team and some good players and stuff, but uh, when all that kind of was going on, late late nineties, mid mid late nineties, I was in the locker room. It was okay, and then it was just a contrast because the Coyotes just got here, and that couldn't have been more fun. They'd lose a game, and you'd still want to be in the locker room because they were a blast. Yeah. Until that dude's gigantic dong hit me. <laughs> God damn it, that was a big dick. John, I think his name was Johnson. I can never remember right. <laughs> My buddy Craig will fire over the answer to that. Jesus, called him the donkey. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Thick, I thick know, like right, a table leg. Right? It was just massive. And that was when I was standing there with my Mike and Teppo Newman in face while he walked by. And, Tepo, and then I just hear, do you have anything else? And I looked and realized I was all alone with Teppo and just a mic in his face. No one's asking questions. And I was staring at that guy's dick for... It's a big unit, right? I drove home so fast to shave my pubic hair because I thought that would add seven inches like it did to his. Because he was fully nude. He had no hair on his body at all. I'm like, it's the pubic hair. That's what's making my dick look so small. I've got too much of that. Shaved it off, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's still just a weird little peanut sitting on a beanbag where his was, I'm not kidding. It was, like, if you saw pipes in the ground running water, you'd be like, isn't that an excessively thick pipe? That's too big for water, isn't it? How do you play hockey with that? No clue. No clue. You need two people to wash it. It was huge. And I stared at it for a long time. Way too long, according to Teppo Newman, who just asked me if I had any more business in the room. Bag of Hootie's nuts in his locker. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was monstrous. It was not normal. Donkey. <laughs> I want that nickname. Never going to happen. I just love Everybody should have a day with a huge one. Like the Stanley Cup. Every guy should have a day with just an absurdly large crank. Every guy. Because just average off the rack thing I'm carrying around, pff, what a waste. Anybody can do stuff with what I've got. It's like so you every, want Lex Steel type? Yeah, of- I've got the Honda Accord of Dicks. It's serviceable. It'll get you where you're going. It does good, its job. Good mileage. Incredibly reliable. <laughs> Incredibly reliable. It's always there. It always starts. It always starts. Rarely a recall. Very rarely do we like, oh, there's, there's something going on here. It's like leaking oil. I, nothing. It's always good. But what I want is like that H1. Maybe it breaks down now and again, but it's just so clunky. But it gets through some stuff, and it's huge. I want one of those for like just a day. Massive. I want a windsock. I want to scare someone. I want someone's eyes to get bigger when my pants come off. I'll never have it. I don't know what that's like. And I'm talking to you two, and I can see it in your eyes. Neither do you. No. I'm good with my I'd be in the, car. I'd be in the yeah. movies. You get smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be think here. I'd be here if I had, but just for a day, we should all get like the doctor should be like, "Here's your pill." Now for the next 24 hours, don't abuse it. You got. But what would happen is you'd have like just a bunch of rapists running all over the place. Yep. Dudes wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Terrible. But we all should experience what that's like. You guys got to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it couldn't be for single guys. It would have to be. Like you'd have to be locked down with the girl. You're, you're committed to, 
Or you go raping everybody. Yeah, but then when you go back to normal, she'd be like, what, yeah, that it? That's Come a on. good point. So, ah, it's an excellent point. Damn it. You should stay single. You have yeah, to yeah, share yeah, that with until, the world. Yeah, yeah. And you get, <laughs> on your 21st birthday, you get to hog around with it. Maybe No, because I don't think you'd appreciate it then. 50th birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's probably good. Your last hurrah. You're still a little bit functional. I think that's it. One of them big hogs. Baby size. Look like you're giving birth. If you get it for 24 hours. I'll take, it on, set the, it, up. I'll take it on the 60th. I mean, Okay. You, well, you skipped your 50th yeah. to take yeah. your 60th. If you make it another. <laughs> not looking good. Not looking good. I don't think you want all that blood flow going there. Your HBP would be 300 over 300. You. <laughs> I got one good shot here. <laughs> I feel like I'm on top of Everest. <laughs> I can't breathe. Did you get on it. But you get like four weeks notice. So you can start mapping out the day you use it. You know? Start calling. Plan your moves. Yeah, calling people. Like, what are you doing on, on June 25th? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I got 6.30 open. I got 6.30. I got 9. I know, hog, I know we haven't seen each other yeah. since high school. But. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. It, are you still skinny? Do you look good? <laughs> are you still. I know you're 50. Are you still cheering anywhere? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to see that. Oh, sure. Oh, is it your big hog day? Yeah, I got to get it. I got a big hog. I got to. I'm going to work it out on you. So if you're you're dancing, oh, that's good news. You're married? Yeah, but he's having small hog day until August. Okay, well, mine's June. <laughs> I'd love to take you out. We're not going to eat. I don't want to get a bloat. That would be the worst if I started bloating. have a tummy ache. Wreck it. Brady, you'd wreck your big dick day with like a pizza. Yeah. Oh, my stomach hurts. This is a waste. I'm got to celebrate. And then you oh. call Brady. I'm like, are you still going big? I'm going to bed. It's 830 dark. I'm like, oh, no. I didn't use it. It was dumb. And guys with big wings should have one day with like the serviceable accord. Like us. Yeah. yeah it's just the normal. The, you get your accord day <laughs> and you live in shame for 24 hours. Never, ever, 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 ever does a woman brag about her boyfriend having a small one. But they're, and they're always like, size doesn't matter. But you meet a girl with a guy with a huge hog, that's all she talks about. Remember that overnight girl, the reason we called you overnight yeah, girl? Not me. Yeah. Before Brett, there was an overnight girl who just talked about this guy's wang. Oh, it's like she'd grab your forearm and go, that's Brian. Like, what are you talking about? This. I'm like, this girth is my forearm? Yeah. And I'm like, your vagina is a two-car garage. you oh, got to yeah. stop talking about this. All you're telling me is that you're gaping constantly. I don't want to hear that. But I've never once heard her go, I'd grab my index finger and go, mm that's Larry. <laughs> so I know size matters because you brag when you get a big one. And they're all proud and the other girl's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Every girl I've ever touched with my stuff has always been, how's John's, uh, eh, it's a Honda Accord. It's there. It's there. It's nice. He keeps it up. It's clean. It's clean. It's got some water bottles on the floor every once in a while, but he keeps it. It's clean. He details it. You know. Yeah, I detail the <laughs> crap out of it. That thing is Shampoos mint. the carpet. Oh, it's mint. Yeah. Yeah, I keep it up. Looks good. It photographs well. If I were to try to sell it, it would go. It would go. It would be in excellent condition on the KBB. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, sons. I don't know how we got off on uh, giant dicks, but it'll happen. I don't know how we got off on giant dicks. What am I talking about? Uh, so the sons are uh, back at it on Tuesday, and hopefully I get to uh, go to one of these games. We're going to try to get out to these things. This will be fun. Uh, and get up 2-0. Go back to LA 2-0. But I have a feeling... Tuesday's going to be a different story. They're going to be the Lakers are going to be mad. 
and play some thug ball. But it's fun having the Suns back. That was even if it's just fleeting. I'd like to see Sarver try to keep this thing rolling for a while. We'll see if he blows it in a year or so. But are these rounds best of five? Seven. They're all sevens now, and it's and that's because of the Lakers too. Kobe was injured back in like two thousand. I don't remember what year it was, and it used to be a first series was five, and the Lakers looked like they were going to be an eight seed, but Kobe was coming back. So in the middle of April, Stern's like, first round is seven now, because they knew healthy that they could beat the number one seed, who I don't remember who it was. The Lakers had a chance at seven, and five it was going to be tough because Kobe wasn't going to be all the way. Give him a couple extra games, and sure enough, they went seven games, and they won. I'm pretty sure they won that series. It was all based on... L.A. And that's always, you know, look, you got the number one media market in the New York, L.A. You can't get the Knicks good. You got to get, they got Brooklyn and the Knicks in the playoffs this year. They're thrilled. But that was fun yesterday. And you know what they've kind of knocked off in the NBA? The whole political stuff. They don't play, they, they don't, they don't, the commercials. I, I don't pay attention to that. But they, they kind of, during the game, there's not, you know, like last year in the bubble with all the stuff written on the floor and their shirts had all that. And I understood they had a, mo- a moment, but. They kind of are just playing the game. Post-game interviews aren't all about that, and it's kind of interesting that they're the ones out of all the sports that are kind of like, just play the game. As much as they hated shut up and dribble, the entertainment factor is kind of coming back because I don't feel like I'm, I don't, at least maybe it is me, I don't feel like I'm being beaten over the head like I do when I watch football. They call the game. You know, the broadcasters don't have an agenda. Uh, the players don't seem to have like an out loud agenda during the game. You can have it after, but well, you know during the game it's not some moment. The ratings don't lie. Yeah, I that's mean, true, and it's starting to like you'll see that huge because I was talking to Kevin Ray about that. I'm like with the Suns midway through the season, you seeing a bump, and he goes, "Oh, the, you know, every week we're getting a little bit more interest." And I'm like, "Yeah," and we're just enjoying we're escapism. I like watching a game that's just a game, like yesterday afternoon from twelve till two thirty. I was like, I just watched a sporting event and didn't feel like I had to stand up or donate money or do something. I didn't once. I don't think it was mentioned once, which is awesome. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? A city all energized by their sports. 585-9800, that's the number, and we'll scream it together. It's 98 KUP. Wake up! Big Red Badass. What? What did you just say? Badass. 98 KUP.